This episode of Talk Fitness is in partnership with The Vitamin Shop, where knowledgeable health enthusiasts are standing by to help you thrive every day. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Fitness Today. Today, I've got two very special interviews back to back. The first one is with Dr. Lori Shemek, how to fire up your fat burn. And the second is with Eric, the trainer, all about weight training and gals making time for ourselves so we can get in the gym, get fit and feel great. So enjoy these two interviews. So glad today to have the wonderful Dr. Lori Shemek. She's the author of Fire Up Your Fat Burn. We're going to be talking about getting rid of that unwanted fat and keeping it off. Hello there, Dr. Lori. Hello, Lisa. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you on. I honestly, if somebody said to me when I was in high school and I was eating peanut butter sandwiches and bananas late at night and trying to gain (laughs) weight that I'd someday be like, what's going on with my thighs? I would have told them they were crazy. But now (laughs) I'm trying to lose some weight and and I need your help just like uh, you out there. So give us some some tips and and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Um, well, that's what I do. I have clients and they're mostly weight loss clients. And so that's my focus. And I love it because I get to see really dramatic changes and, and big smiles on people's faces. So what you want to do is understand just briefly that weight gain is really, really tied to low level inflammation. Okay, so we've got different types of inflammation. We all know what the sprained ankle looks like and feels like, right? And that's acute inflammation. And we need that. It's a necessary part of our immune system. It's very important. It helps us heal. Without it, we're sitting ducks, really. We wouldn't be around too long. And then we've got something called silent inflammation that we don't necessarily feel, you know, right then and there, but it does uh, rear its ugly head down the road. And then we have something I call fat inflammation. And fat inflammation is specifically tied to low-level inflammation and weight gain because we have fat cells throughout our body, and particularly in our midsection, uh, we have these fat cells that like to spew out inflammatory molecules. And when that happens, it slows down our metabolism, and we put on weight and then we put out more of these inflammatory molecules, putting on more weight, and it becomes a vicious cycle. So instead of just having one health condition resulting from this low-level type of inflammation, such as heart disease, you'll have a cluster of them down the road, possibly diabetes, heart disease, and high blood pressure all at the same time. And that's why this is very important to know. Yeah, it sounds like we need to lower our inflammation. So what are some ways to do that? So what you want to do, the very first thing I tell people to do is to reduce their carbohydrate intake, especially here in the United States, because we have something what we call the SAD diet, the standard American diet, uh, which is, you know, for the most part, most everybody is is engaging in this type of uh, eating, these eating choices. So we have... 68% 68% of our population is overweight. And the re- part of the reason is because they're ingesting too much sugar, for one, and too many carbohydrates, even too many of the healthy carbohydrates. And what happens is when you do that, you spike your blood sugar super high and then it drops super fast. And it's much like throwing a ball high up into the air and watching it fall rapidly to the ground. And that's inflammation in action right there. And another thing you're doing, you're uh, triggering the hormone insulin. And insulin is not just about diabetes. 
it also is equated to optimal health. So when you are triggering insulin, uh, you're doing it excessively, which most Americans are. That means that insulin's storing all that sugar that's circulating in your body, which carbohydrates do turn into sugar in the body, glucose, and it stores it in the cells, okay, for energy at a later time. But what happens is insulin, which is like a little Pac-Man, likes to gobble up that sugar and store it, it's always knocking on the cell's door saying, let me in. But the cell becomes really irritated with this constant knocking and then eventually ignores insulin's knocks. Okay, so insulin just turns around, goes away, and continues to circulate, and so does the sugar in your body. And, you know, it doesn't only like to keep the, the, the um, store, the fat there. It's just more of an inflammatory reaction, really, in the end. I see. So you need to cut out the sugar or cut down as much as you Ideally, can and the it, carbohydrates. Yeah. Avoid it. Yes. I cut out sugar right. about seven weeks ago and I feel good. really good. I did lose some weight That's and great. I just, I just, yeah, I just feel so much better. I tend to eat a paleo diet, except I do like mm-hmm. my quinoa and my beans. So I guess I'm not people, real paleos are going, okay, that doesn't <laughs> sound very paleo. But what do you think of that, where you've got the the grass-fed meat, the vegetables, you know, little whole grains, just a little bit here and there, lots of fruits and vegetables? I, I actually uh, used to recommend grains, okay? But we now know grains create that surge of insulin again. So here I go, right, with the same old, yes. same okay. old. And so it's very important to, you know, if they're still healthy in moderation, there are healthier types of, say, wheat, if you're not sensitive to wheat, that you can opt for. There's a grain variety out there called einkorn, and it doesn't have the effect. It's the traditional wheat that we used to eat back in the pioneer days, back in grandma days, you know, even before that, actually, uh, before, you know, industrialization came along and changed everything about the way we eat and the, the way we process our food. So, yeah, sugar's one, carbohydrates, reduce them, okay? The next one you want to look at is water. Most people are mildly dehydrated and don't even know it. So that's another... Are there important. signs? Yes. Lori, you, Dr. Lori, that you can tell? Yes. If you are uh, feeling tired all the time, you're always tired throughout the day, your joints ache, you're gaining weight, you're hungry, um, your skin is dry. There are a lot of uh, telltale signs that you are mildly mildly dehydrated. Have you ever gone to the cupboard or the pantry or the refrigerator and opened it up and stood there and said, what do I want to eat? I know I want something. I just don't know what it is. You know, that's a sign you're mildly dehydrated probably because the brain confuses thirst with hunger. And uh, it's very common. The majority of Americans are walking around mildly dehydrated and they don't even know it. So weight gain ensues because due to mild dehydration because cellular function slows down when our cells are not optimally hydrated. And that means so does your metabolism. Oh, that makes sense. So I'm guessing in Fire Up Your Fat Burn, you're addressing these issues of cutting out the sugar and lowering the carbs or cutting them out if you can, drinking more water. I'm assuming exercise plays into this equation? Yes, exercise is is very important. But 
I have to say that nutrition is 80% of your weight loss, okay? Very important to note. Exercise is important as well. It's critical. It's that 20%. And there's a form of exercise called um, high-intensity interval training. Now, don't let this scare you off if you're not used to exercising (laughs) (laughs) because you can always work up to what I'm going to tell you to do. And a good example is of high-intensity interval training is to warm up for three minutes, okay? Now, I want your audience to know that it only takes 12 to 15 minutes. And so what you want to do is go all out for 30 seconds, You want to go back to a slow to moderate pace for 90 seconds and do that eight times and you're good to go three to four times a week. Be sure to check out Dr. Lori Shemek. That's Dr. L-O-R-I-S-H-E-M-E-K. You can check her out at drlorishemek.com. Also on Twitter at Lori Shemek. I hope you enjoy the interview with Dr. Lori Shemek. Joining me now is Eric, the trainer. So stay tuned. Got Eric, the trainer. He's a Hollywood physique expert with over 20 years experience in celebrity physical transformation. Hello, Eric. Hi, I'm so happy to be on the show. Thank you so much. It's so nice to have you. I'm jealous. It's probably super warm. But you know, Eric, uh, we recently spoke and I know that you train men and women differently. Talk to us about this. And is this something that we should be doing? And and what difference does it make to, to really focus on the sexes in a different way? Well, first of all, I have to let you know that most of the women that I train are actresses, and actresses' needs and desires are very different than the needs and desires of the average woman. From a health perspective, an average woman can really benefit from using weights and uh, battles against osteoporosis, it builds lean muscle mass, it helps them with their daily activities, and that's phenomenal. With a lot of the women that we train, we actually train them without weights and challenge them using only their body. For many actresses, we, we use no balls, no bands no machines, no weights, and we challenge them in a very specific way using their bodies that really leads them to a sleek, beautiful physique, but it looks natural. The very hallmark of our female clientele here in Hollywood is it looks like I've never met them. They look like they just fell out of the sky perfect. There's no excess (laughs) muscle mass. They almost look like Jane from the Tarzan and Jane series, series. and Jane doesn't go to the gym, but she looks amazing in a fur bikini. Here in the world of fitness, we measure your output, how hard you're trying during the workout, by something called exertion. And women specifically have the desire to work hard. Their pain tolerance is actually higher than men's. And so your willingness to give high levels of exertion is right there. And as a trainer, I recognize that. However, sometimes using weights, especially excess weights and machines with women, they have a tendency to hurt themselves because the bottom line is you don't really have testosterone in your body that helps supercharge your muscles the way that I do and perhaps your husband does. Instead, your muscles will never get to the point where they're oversized. And so because women like to challenge themselves, the possibility for injury and, and the occurrence of injury with women that work out with weights and machines because they work so hard is higher than you would expect. Therefore, we developed a system very early on in my career women can, can really display the highest levels of exertion using only their body weight, and it's virtually impossible to hurt yourself in this way. So you can really go for it, if you know what I mean. Meaning, if you're on a mat on all fours, and you're shooting your leg straight out to the side like you're karate taking a bad guy that's next to you, even though that's challenging after the 30th rep, after the 40th rep, because you want to work so hard and you're so determined to look amazing in that dress when you go to your family get-together, I allow you to display the highest levels of exertion without you worrying about hurting yourself. 
and it really leads to a beautiful physique. But the second part of that question is, how do women's bodies actually change? What's the key to physical transformation when it comes to women? And the answer is, and this is after 23 years of experience working full-time as a trainer, women that challenge themselves from below the chest to right above the knee in that midsection, if I challenge you exclusively in that section, it actually creates a full-body transformation. Meaning if you say to me, hey, I just got a role in a movie. I need to make my jawline a little bit sharper. I want my arms to be sleeker, and I need my clavicle. My collarbone to really show when I wear a dress. I would have you do leg kicks because that's the key to full physical transformation in women. In men, it's the opposite. Men need to challenge themselves higher in the body up near their pectoral region to create a full body change. And it is true that there are men that actually do bench presses and their whole bodies, including their legs, get some small benefit because that's the key to physical change in the, in the men's body. Remember, I'm a guy that works many times for four days, for seven days, for only 12 days with a person before they go shoot a movie. So my methods need to be spot on. I have no learning curve and I have to do my best because if these actors don't change in that short period of time, I'll never work for the producer again. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot of pressure. Now, Eric, talk to us about some more examples of bodyweight exercises for women. You mentioned the kicking the leg out to the side. You also, when we spoke, you talked about when you do push-ups, you're supposed to do them very slowly up and down. Is that correct? Right. Um, you know, the way that we train women, the way that we train men is almost the polar opposite of each other, meaning if men want to build their pectoral regions and be strong, I have them do old-fashioned push-ups where they come down and they power up, just like you see Jack Lane back in the day do the push-ups. For women, we want their arms to be sleek and beautiful, but we want we don't want them to be overly muscular. So we do the opposite. We actually have women start on all fours, on their knees and their hands, and slowly lower their bodies, their torsos, down towards the mat very slowly. The process of going from straight arm to touching your chest and belt buckle on the floor sometimes takes up to 12 seconds. So they're lowering themselves down in a slow and focused manner with their elbows tucked in, as opposed to men who shoot their elbows out to the side. And so we focus on what they call the decline or the negative aspect of a push-up for women. And what that yields is a small, sleek, beautiful arm. You, you need to make time for, for yourself. I find that women as a gender are selfless. And I mean that as a huge compliment. Your concerns involve children, husbands, boyfriends, extended family. You're very giving and you're very intelligent. But sometimes you put yourself last on the priority list, and ultimately it's really a losing proposition. So I encourage women to actually increase the, their, their standing in the priority list for themselves. And all we need to do is three simple things. We just need to uh, align your exercise, your diet, and your sleep in the right way, and magic happens. I've seen many, many women come in to see me. They've got short haircuts. They're kind of chubby. They've given up on, on looking amazing. And I say to them, listen, give me one chance. One chance to reclaim that glory that you had. I remember what you looked like back in the day. And believe me, in a very short period of time, sometimes in a month or two, they start looking like they're the babysitters, not the moms. And it's really cool to see. If you'd like to learn more about Eric the Trainer, you can go to www.ericthetrainer.com. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Fitness Today. You can find us on social media at Talk Fitness and Number Two Day on Twitter and Snapchat. You can also find us at Talk Fitness Today Podcast on Facebook and find me at Health Media Gal One. Thanks for listening and stay well. This episode of Talk Fitness was produced by The Vitamin Shop, where trusted health enthusiasts help you thrive every day. Visit one of 800 stores across the country or head to vitaminshop.com for all your wellness needs.